You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday Mornings on SCN, the Rugby League Roundup. Yes, the NRL Premiership is officially underway. The footy season for 2023, I reckon, started like the excited puppy dog comes bounding down the street on the morning walk. But those puppies are cute and fluffy. So is the game sometimes, but they leave behind a mess. And so, too, does the game sometimes. A bit to clean up. That's our job this morning. Clean it up, round it up. And the man to do it, you've got your uh, pooper scooper. You're ready to rumble. Matty Johns, good morning to you. Matty, good morning. I must say that uh, that intro music, it sounds like perfect match. <laughs> the old Greg Evans. Perfect peaches oh, and cream. Dexter, it was all happening. Of course, Bill Harrigan appeared on there once. And Junior Pierce. Oh, yeah. Golden days. Golden what, days. What uh, Remember they'd say, what are you into? And they'd always say, oh, it was always... Uh, you know, laying on the beach, windsurfing, mm. and I'm a real rager. That's what they used to say every time. <laughs> yeah, and, and then sometimes that screen would pull back and they go, oh, really? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It's like the 2 a.m. lights, mate, coming on at the nightclub. Uh, <laughs> We've got a bit to clean up. We've got a little bit to round up, as I say. So let's start with this, an overall snap judgment for you on week one. Done and dusted now, but... In terms of the competition, Matty, from what you saw across the weekend and the results that we've got, do you reckon this could be the closest comp we've had in years? Look, it's it's really hard to draw conclusions, Matty, at around one. Until I always found, I've always found about round five or six, you start to get a really good gauge. But if I had to say, if you if you push me on a prediction, I'd say absolutely yes, because you just see the top sides just coming back a little bit. Penrith, of course, you know, in, in their case, the salary cap has worked uh, because they've they've had a, uh, a, as we've said before, a layer of talent and experience taken away. Melbourne, the same, uh, they got away with a good win. Parramatta, you know, they've lost Reed Marnie, the same. And, but on the other side of the coin, you've got already you can see. Big improvement inside, such as uh, Manly, of course, and, uh, and and numerous other. The Broncos, of course, like oh, they, they were fantastic. The Broncos, and so on and so forth. And then you have got the Dolphins at around one, which is going to be hard for them to maintain. But what a story! First up, just a uh, a great day for the game. I, I'd heard that apparently Peter Volandis, um, my boss at Fox Sports, Steve Crawley, said that uh, he had a talk to Peter Volandis and. Peter was quite emotional because I'd say there was a lot at stake for the game yesterday afternoon. It's it's always a big thing. I mean, any time you can introduce a new team, a new club to any competition is is massive. And to have that kind of effect and that kind of um, outpouring of emotion from the stands and, of course, the result is is uh, absolutely huge. And it should be emotional as well. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that one. We only had one blowout score really throughout the weekend and it was that Manly team that you mentioned, 31-6. to six. And a, a nice touch, talking of emotion, Matty, I, I saw this on the Manly Twitter feed, your jumper presentation to Cooper, which you got to do, and this is how you addressed him and the team. Coops, I'll just say that uh, it's funny, I've got a, uh, a six Manly jersey at home. I swapped it after full time in a game with Tubes. And uh, I remember taking it home and it was just 
the front of it was drenched in blood. Yeah. And of course, Trisha's mum wanted to wash it. But I never let her do it because for me, it just symbolised what a bloke would do for his club, the Turfs. And that's the thing about it, you know, to say to Coops is there's no guarantee you're going to play good. There's no guarantee you're going to win, but you can just give everything you've got. So a bit of inspiration from Turfs and you'll be okay. I'm sure you've done plenty of jumper presentations, Matty. Um, the emotion behind that and and digging into that, tapping into that uh, story about Tubes as well. Yeah. Just just give me an insight into how that all, uh, all played for you. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, like, um, yes, the first one I ever did, I, I didn't get the opportunity, uh, myself and Trish, to present when he was at the Melbourne Storm because of COVID. So Melbourne Storm were good enough to do up a, a Zoom feed and we said a few words and... Yeah, it was emotional. Jack, when I went up um, a couple of years ago to Newcastle, um, the, the same with the Rabbitohs, by the way, too. When, when Jack was at the Rabbitohs, his mm. first jersey, we did it via Zoom. The uh, Newcastle, I went up there, and it, it was re- it was surreal because I remember walking in and going. I'm thinking to myself straight away, man, this was me 27 years ago. How quickly time goes, and it, it was very difficult. I actually couldn't talk. But with it, yeah, it was. But it was really, I, you know, when I I grabbed the six jersey, I looked and I thought, man, this is, this is uh, ironic, because yeah, that's it. I mean, I swapped the jersey with twos. I mean, the day we played them, um, uh, Napper was on the bench, Craig Field was at halfback, and uh, twos was at six. And I remember after the game, so I've always just admired twos that much. I said, can we swap jerseys? Yeah, yeah, good as gold. And I, I took it home, and yeah, it, and it's still there, and it's just got blood all on the front of it. <laughs> and for me, that just symbolises twos. Is you, if you can, I, I reckon you throw any player in in rugby league history, you know, the great Noel Kelly, uh, Johnny Sattler, all of them. No one ge- gave more than twos for his club, and that's what I said to, to Cooper. You know, is the fact that you can go out there and play, and there is no guarantee you're going to play great. And there's no guarantee you're going to win. But one thing you can guarantee is you just give everything you got for your teammate and for the jersey. And so, um, and it was, it was a good result. You know, when you go to a new club, you just want to have a solid start. So, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good day. It sure was. Uh, a fair bit of news around, as you'd imagine, off the back of round one, including reports this morning that Joseph Swali has committed to the Roosters until the end of next season, 2024. So his deal was up uh, this year. I want you to give us your snap judgments on round one, thanks to Snap Fitness, on a mission to help you feel fantastic. Also on the roundup this morning, the Dolphins are in. What a start at Suncorp. The coaches under the microscope. New coaches, old coaches, returning coaches. We'll start our coach of the year judging who was the standout player from the first round and also the changes to the Dally M judging. I want your thoughts on that, Matty. The independent donker, uh, doctor. Now, this is a massive talking point after the opening round. Could it be the defining issue of 2023? At the Panthers, Jerome Luai and Jamin Salmon gave each other a spray. If you're Ivan Cleary, is it what you want to see or is it a worry? Wade Graham's hit on Davey Mowali. He's facing at least three weeks for that one. The best newbie of round one. It can be a player, a coach or a club who came out of the gates the best. And for a little bit later on, I'm going to give you some thinking time on this. Is there a team that changed your mind for your top eight? If we gave you a free pass after round one, would you swap somebody in 
or swap somebody out. 0457 736 736 is our text line. Come and join us on the Roundup 1300 01 1170. And later, experienced medico Dr Nathan Gibbs will join me. Is the independent doctor good for the game? The thoughts of Dr Nathan Gibbs coming up later this morning. So let's hook in straight on that one, Matty. The independent doctor, this is a huge talking point. Do you think this could be one of the defining issues because it's something that's certainly in the focus today? Well, it's something we just have to get used to. I really feel for the independent doctor because, look, the independent doctor, um, you know, there's certain nuances we can try to work out, one of which is having the independent doctor at the field. But the bottom line is the independent doctor, it's his job to look after the welfare of the individual, the player. right? And I tell you what they do a lot of times. Like Ricky made a point where he said, you know, um, the game and the RLPA doesn't trust the coaches. Well, I'll tell you one step further. More than the coaches is I think a lot of times you can't trust the player because I know when I was a player, right, if I get a head knock, I'm doing everything I can to stay on the football field as a young player. I'm doing everything I can. I, I, I'm not thinking 20 years, 25 years later. I'm just thinking I want to hold my jersey. I want to be out here for the win. I'm not going to surrender my jersey and give someone else a chance. I want to stay on that field no matter what. So that's why the independent doctor's, doctor's there, and that's why he's erring on, this, on the side of safety. The independent doctor, it is not his job to sit there and go, well, this is a really important part of the game, and oh, the game's on the line, and they really need Kalen out there. No, that's not his job. He's pragmatic. He says he's had a head knock. He laid down for a second. It's my job to get him off and check him. And that's just the way it is. And that's just what the way the game is, is going. I'm not like there's people, I hear people say the game has gone soft. I'm not even going to acknowledge that rubbish, right? Because the people who say that have got no, most people who say that haven't got skin in the game, right? They're not out there doing, doing it themselves. They haven't got loved ones playing. They haven't got mates out there playing. The game hasn't gone soft. We acknowledge um, the damage of CTE. We talk about it all the time until it doesn't suit. Right. So there are things that are more important than the uh, two points. The Kalen Ponga one was interesting, and obviously you would have been watching this closely. I called this one right here at SEN and, and Brett Kamali, Tim Manor with me. The, the initial part was, Maddie, that we didn't really see it first up. They, they had to go mm. back through it. So the independent doctor, as you point out, possibly one of the arguments here is, is the doctor better off at the field or better off yes. in front of the screens? And when I chat to Nathan Gibbs later, I guarantee you he'll say the more information he's got with screens, the better, because it's chaos, as you know, down on the sideline. So when they went back to the Ponga incident and he got collected or got pretty well collected by Adam Fanua Blake, the biggest bloke on the field, to me it was a no-brainer, pardon the pun, it was a no-brainer that he had to go off. However, the time that had passed in between that incident and when he was pulled up by the independent doctor... That's where the confusion comes in for the player. And, of course, Kalen Ponga doesn't want to go off. So is there a need, do you think, to somehow streamline it? Can they do it any better, or or do we have to live with Mm. the fact that the doctor needs to take a bit of time to find some signs? I think the doctor has to take time. He he just can't... Like, uh, by giving the doctor just a little bit of time, he can assess all the different angles and see what the player reaction was. The, the, the Ponga one, so much, there'd been a fair bit of time had passed. That's why I caught everyone by surprise. Look, was it a tough call? Yeah, possibly. But I come back to the fact that we acknowledge it is one of the biggest issues in sport. 
And this is going to be a byproduct of, of reacting and making the game safer and making the game uh, appealing to the next generation that want to play, you know. And it's there's no easy way around it. Like, we, we either go with it or we, or, or we don't. And people are saying, you know, there's so many head knocks in the game at the moment. I, I tell you, Matty, the head knocks have always been there. Yeah. Even They are slightly different. I mean, the five-metre rule, I, I will say this, the 10-metre rule... Uh, there is more momentum and inertia, and of course, and, and the athletes are a lot more powerful. So, but back in the day, the five-minute rule. You know, I remember a kid coming through, and you get tackled as you'd hit the ground. There was literally a wave of late, late tackles that had come in. So the head knocks were different; they were cheap shots back in a, a different era. It's not about the concussions; it's what we do with them, right? And I, I remember years ago, uh, well, years ago, I'm saying about five years ago, I interviewed Bennett Amalu, Dr. Bennett Amalu, who, of course, he was, he was the guy that the movie uh, Concussion was based yes. off. He was the guy, the Nigerian doctor who found CTE. And he said the most important thing with a head knock is to get the athlete off the field. He said the most damaging thing in boxing is when a boxer suffers a, what he called a micro-knockout, a little hit, and you... To, to give an idea what, what a micro-knockout is, I, I knew when I suffered a little micro-knockout because what we used to call it, to a certain extent, it was the wobbly boot. But other times, Matty, it was just a feeling of deja vu where I've been here before. And that's when you knew you suffered it. Now, when mm. you, in the boxing ring or on the football field, when you suffer a, a micro-knockout, that leaves you vulnerable going forward. And he said it's the hit after that, the hit after that, the one after that that's causing all the damage. And this is why we've gone down the route we have. And and you can't, to your point, you, you cannot put that onus back on the player. You suffer a micro <laughs> knockout like that and, and in your competitive nature wants to stay out there, you do not want to get off the field. And that's that's yeah. exactly what you want as a coach. But the game has the responsibility. In my opinion, yes. the game's taken the responsibility. So there's a medical and welfare side of this, and that's very easy to tick off. There's also the bigger picture legal side of this, Matty, because if the game doesn't do this... When a class action comes, and it'll come sooner or later, mm-hmm. the game needs to be able to make sure that legally it's doing the right thing as well. So let me put this to you. You've got the ultimate respect for Ricky Stewart and for Wayne yep. Bennett and their experience and their standing in the game. But if you're Peter Volandis or Andrew Abdo this morning, what do you do when you see those comments from Wayne, from Ricky, saying this independent doctor thing's gone too far, we've got to get rid of it? I just, mate, I think it's a just a phone call, a private phone call and say, you know, guys, we're not, you know, we're not going away from this. We're not backtracking. You just can't do it. Um, simple as that. I thought, I thought Ricky's comments, you know, to agree, like, like I, I think, I tell you what I agree with Ricky's comments, with the, with the player welfare. And he said, look, if we're going to talk about player welfare, why are we up here in the tropics playing an, a 4.30 game? Yep. I, I, did, I did agree with that. Um, but as far as the head knocks concerned, it's 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 done. That that's that's it's just the way the game game has gone and will continue. It's not going to change. Uh, make sure you stay tuned later on this morning. My chat with Dr. Nathan Gibbs around that entire issue. So the Dolphins, Matty, they're in. What a start at Suncorp Stadium! Not too many people oh. saw this coming. If there's anything that Wayne Bennett loves doing, it's walking out with the old middle finger raised as, as he yeah. as he says goodbye. Sayonara. See you later, folks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, you'd see him at the press conference. He sat there and you could see him looking at the press just thinking, <laughs> God, I've missed this in the last 12 months. Incredible. It's um, 
did we give him a chance? No, no, we didn't. You know, when you look at the Roosters lineup, and and, and you you drew a, you you drew a uh, form line through that last trial where the where the Dolphins were diabolical, and you go, mate, I, I I went out of that trial game thinking to myself, this could be a disaster. You know, re- regarding the Dolphins going forward, and thinking, what is going to get? What's going to happen here? And I sat down to watch the game yesterday thinking, I just hope this is going to be a really tough, you know, go-to-the-wire type game to, so they can launch. Even if they don't get the two points, they can launch and people can go, well, that was a good effort and we've made the right decision to bring in another team. But, you know, clever recruitment, right, really clever recruitment from Wayne because people raised eyebrows when he signed the Bromwich Brothers and Felice Kafusi, going, oh, they're over the hill. Well, yeah, they're getting towards the end. But yesterday when the game was on the line and the going got tough, they were the blokes that really stood up and guided the side home. And it's just that experience. And, and those, those older guys that come out of that Melbourne Storm system and have that discipline, you know, they're the ones that are going to set up the culture of the Dolphins Club. And so, yeah, great, a great day for the game yesterday. And as I said earlier, yeah, my... my my understanding was that Peter Volandis was quite emotional because there was a lot at stake yesterday for Peter. If they'd have been smashed, people would have just... It would have been on today. It would have been all over the back pages that what a mistake this has been. But, uh, yeah, terrific result. Felice Confusi. Oh, man. <laughs> it was just, you know... And, and I think a real turning point in the game where the Dolphins going forward in their history can point to a moment and say, we've arrived as when Felice just jammed Cheesy Fries, Brandon Smith, and that was that just lifted the whole side. Everything changed. At, at, to, at that point, the game was in a balance, and, and the Dolphins were struggling. They were starting to lose traction, but he just turned that around. I, I've Felice has been a really top liner for a long time, but I've never seen him step up and show that kind of inspirational leadership. 32,177 were there. The cheese was absolutely grated by Felice. I I wonder if there's just a quick question around, I mean, great scenes yesterday. The Redcliffe chant went up and 32,000, you're not going to be able to fit that in, obviously, at Redcliffe. Do you reckon there's a case that they quite possibly should have started their season in their home backyard at their own ground? No, I think it's it's a... I I love the Suncorp Stadium because, you know what? It's sort of like it almost like they almost put their flag in the ground and said, "Okay, this is like, yeah, we're taking the Broncos on. Yeah. We we want to make Brisbane our city." Uh, and it's funny, I said this on the show last night. Like, I, I think the fans last night voted, like the Brisbane fans, that they want to be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah, right? I see nothing wrong, and I like I, I get the understanding initially when people go, "Well, you know, it is." Will Wynnum Manly fans or Valley fans or South Brisbane fans follow us if we are Redcliffe? Because they've been bitter rivals, of course, for, for as long as the game's been played up there in Queensland. But I just think I, 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 I would love to see it go to Redcliffe Dolphins. And I think the champ went up yesterday. I think people sent a message. Let us know your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736. Should they just go back to the Redcliffe or become the Redcliffe Dolphins? 
And also, do you think they're the real deal after that spectacular debut against the Roosters? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. We're going to chat the best newbie of round one. Is there a team that changed your mind? And if you're Ivan Cleary, are you worried about two of your players having a go at each other and being caught on camera doing it? Or is it what you want to see? Let us know your thoughts this morning. This is the Roundup on SEN.